This is HPR episode 1942 entitled, Kobo Touch N905E Reader. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 43 minutes long. The summary is, Klaatu reviews the Kobo Touch E-Reader. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. My name is Klaatu, and today I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, I would say, um, and that is a product review. I don't really love doing product reviews because it, it, it seems like I'm pushing the product or something. And in this case, I'm I'm not really pushing the product, but I, I do feel like informing you, my dear listener, uh, about the product might actually be helpful in case you're on the verge of purchasing an item of this type. And I have found that items of this type have been really difficult to sort of uh, sort out and kind of figure out exactly what's good and what's bad about them, so this will hopefully be informative. And I I certainly wouldn't hear, I wouldn't mind hearing from other listeners about their e-reader devices, because that is the topic that I am tackling. Uh, This e-reader that I just got is a Kobo. Um, From some the small print on the bottom of the unit, it says that it's the N905. The unit, the the box that it came in, simply read Kobo Touch. So the Kobo, that's K-O-B-O. This Kobo Touch device is an e-ink device, and its sole purpose is to display e-books, electronic books. And so I'm going to give you the positive and negative points of what it does when it's attempting to meet that purpose, and... Um, hopefully that'll help you in deciding whether it's uh, a device that you would want to spend your money on or or not. So first of all, a little bit of background. I should say that I have been reading e-books for a lot longer than I really should have been. Um, I mean, mean, whenever Gutenberg.org first started, I think, like back in 2005 or 6 or 4 or something. That's that's practically when I started reading ebooks. I just thought it was a brilliant idea to be able to have all these books at your at your beck and call without having to physically weigh you down with them. And that was very important to me at the time uh because I was living out of maybe four backpacks with one being a um a backpack of books. So it was it was quite nice for me to be able to have ebooks so that I could have reference books and fiction books on a computer. And I I transitioned pretty quickly to portable devices as well because I would find myself on a bus or a subway and want to read a book and so I would use uh, the N800 to display an an ebook. Now the the problem with the solution was that any kind of handheld device that I could get my hands on typically were I, I would not say they're they were great for, for battery usage, 
So you'd you'd be on a bus for, you know, 45 minutes, and you'd be reading, and then by the time you reach your destination, your handheld device has half the battery life available to it because you had the audacity to read a book. Um, that, that doesn't really work all that well for me. So I started thinking that I should get a dedicated device for this purpose quite some time ago. I, I was just very, very hesitant to to dive into that market because I felt like, well, first of all, it did take a little bit of justification on my part because, I mean, I have a computer, I have a laptop, I have a desktop, I have a mobile device. All of these things can display ebooks, so it seems like getting yet another device just to display ebooks and nothing else that seemed a little bit su- a little bit superfluous or or maybe extravagant but what tipped the scales for me was uh that i travel now to the states sometimes and that journey is literally at least a day like a full 24 hours not all on the plane necess- actually it might be so it's i mean it's definitely over 24 hours i think it's something it's insane. After all the airport waiting and the actual flights, like the 17-hour flight from from Australia to America, and then across America usually, um, depending on where I'm headed, and all that other stuff, it it usually gets up to you know 30 or 40 hours of travel time. So I figured it, it was just stupid not to have something that I could read reliably on the plane, and and it also gets a little bit, you know, you, you've got your laptop out, but then they turn the seatbelt sign on or whatever they do when they're taking off and landing, and they you have to put everything away. But with an e-reader, you don't. You can just keep. You can just keep reading. They don't make you put that away. So, I, I thought that that would be a really good investment, and so I started looking for what I should get, and I finally and I did some research online looking for you know a plug-and-play. Linux compatible e-reader and that was one of my requirements that it wasn't that it was Linux friendly and that it was very very friendly to free formats open source formats like ebook formats so uh the kobo was the one that i kind of ended up settling on and and so far i, I will say up front that i'm happy with it i'm quite happy with it and that's that's one of the reasons that i decided that a product review for it would would be okay because it's not like I'm giving free publicity to a device that I'm that I really hate. It is something that overall I'm happy with. I'm going to start out with the negatives because um, I don't want to leave you thinking that I didn't like it if I close with the negatives. So I'm going to start with the negatives and then I'm going to segue into the the pluses, the good things. And obviously none of these will be equal in weight. The negatives and the positives. That it's it's and and a lot of them are opinionated. So you'll just You'll have to filter out whether what I call a negative is actually a negative for you. Okay, let's get started. So the first negative thing is that I I did a lot of research. Well, it's related to me doing a lot of research on on the device itself, on on this device, on the Kobo line, and and I had read that they were very friendly to Linux. Like you plug them in and they work, and it's not really an issue. There's no, you know, it's plug and play basically. I don't know where I read this. I wish I'd kept the links or something. But when I got the device, took it out of the box. The opposite was true. Um, it it is it is not friendly to Linux, 
uh, I mean, it's not hostile to Linux, but it's not friendly because you you open the thing and you plug it in, and it appears that it's going to work. And you might even drag books over onto it because it pops right up into the file manager as a external storage device. That's great. That was very promising. But you turn the thing on to use it as an e-reader, and it tells you that in order to actually use the stupid device, you have to register with the company. That's not cool with me. There's no way that that's acceptable. I purchased this device for 60 bucks. I bought it from you. I, I understand I'm buying a license and all that other stuff, but I buy the device because I expect to be able to read ebooks on it. And, and, and now Kobo tells me that I need to register my existence and ownership with them, as if though it's any of their business. Although, if they're listening to this episode, they have already found out. But anyway, I th- I thought that was really stupid, and so I go to their site thinking, well, maybe I can register, and I'll just use a fake name and fake email address and just to get past this stupid screen. So it turns out that not only do they want you to register yourself, they want you to download an application to access your device. Now that seemed really stupid to me because... Um, it obviously doesn't need an application because it just came up as external storage. So I was completely flabbergasted and disappointed. Um, luckily, it didn't take long to find online on SourceForge.net some brilliant, very kind user, Jed Jedak, I think, um, and that's pronounced that way. I'll put the link in the show notes. Absolutely. So you, uh, this user, um, just posted this how-to on how to get around the registration thing. The The old way was to use Wine and to download the application from Kobo and to launch it within Wine. And I was open to that. I was actually fine. I, I was willing to do that. But it turns out that that's been deprecated. Kobo screwed something up and now Wine doesn't it won't work. But it, it turns out that it's actually even easier now. All you have to do is um, use SQL Lite uh, and if you don't have if you don't have the knowledge to do that, you can use SQL Browser, which is the way that he or this user uh, demonstrates on the the website, the the web post that that is up on SourceForge. And all you do is you you start up SQL Browser, you point it to like this little hidden SQL file in the Kobo's little home folder or whatever. You open that up and you add values for the username, the user address, the user whatever, the user whatever. And I just put in foo, 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 and foo, because that's what the site told me to do. Um, Obviously, it doesn't actually have to be the string foo. I mean, it could be anything, but I just did it because I wasn't feeling very creative because I was angry. Um, So foo, 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 foo. Save that back to the file. Eject the Kobo from um, from your computer or unmount it and start it back up, and it just continues. It just proceeds as is. It was it was brilliantly simple and basically not a problem. Like, it was that simple, and I would say that essentially, essentially that rendered the the problem as not being a problem. That is, of course, assuming that you, you know, if you're buying this for a, as a Christmas gift for someone, for instance, then obviously you would have to, um, intercept it. I mean, if they're a Linux user, you'd have to, and, but they're not very savvy, you would need to sort of intercept it and kind of do this hack for them, and you know, it's just stupid. It's really annoying, and you'd probably want to put in their real information, I guess, because uh, in addition to the registration hack, th- there's this little online store that Kobo has, and 
in order for you to access that, I, I'm, I'm assuming for DRM stuff, you're, you're going to probably need actual information in those registration fields. So that's just, I don't know, I, I haven't played around with that because I don't intend to ever buy anything from the Kobo store because now I'm angry at them and I, I won't give them any more money. Um, but if, if it's just you and you're looking for an e-reader and you can do a quick little SQLite hack, then this is a no-brainer. It, it's not a problem. It took me maybe two minutes. And, and 30 seconds of that was installing SQL Browser. And, and you don't even have to do that if you, if you know enough about SQLite. Okay, so that's one negative thing. Next negative thing is that um, I would say the, the, like in order of, I guess, annoyances, absolutely the next thing on my list would be the fact that this e-reader is going to index all of your e-books, which that's not the negative part, but in so doing, it parses all the metadata and it reorganizes all of your books by metadata. This is a habit that obviously started with those portable media players, and I'm, I'm suspecting, I don't know, but I'm suspecting it, it started with the big famous one that came out a long time ago and kind of changed the entire music industry for a couple of years until phones came along and people stopped caring about portable music players. But it's just really annoying. Um, I mean, like I told you at the beginning of this episode, I've been reading ebooks for years, and um, I have got them all organized exactly as I want. Like, I, I, I have directory f structures that matter to me. And so when I drag it over onto an e-reader, which ostensibly is a portable screen, right? I mean, I, that's all I want is something to access a file on its file system and then show me that file on its screen. That is the extent of what I need from this device. And instead, it looks at all my files and all my directories, throws the entire directory structure away, and or functionally throws it away, and displays everything to me by metadata. And you might think, well, that's not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal because you see, if 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 you buy books from three publishers and you play exactly by everyone's sort of established setup then it's not a big deal, because then you've got all of your Heinlein books together, you've got all your Philip K. Dick books together, you've got all your Vonnegut books together, you've got all your tech books together. Well, no, you don't. They're scattered everywhere. But if you if you don't do that, and you, you're, you're purchasing indie books, or you're downloading indie books, if they weren't, if they're free, if they're zero dollars, um, and and you're, you're grabbing tech books from various sites, I mean, like, Maybe you don't want those organized by the metadata because maybe the, all all of that metadata isn't even correct. Like not every indie author who manages to produce an EPUB also realizes that in order to for, for an e reader to parse their book correctly, they need to put in a bunch of metadata. I mean, I think a lot of people assume that if they name the file migrate book by clatu.epub, then 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 that's what you're going to see on your e-reader. And and maybe that is what you see after, you know, if there's no metadata. But th that's kind of my point. Like, I, I, I don't want to have to look so hard for the book that I know that I put in the folder called Tech Books. You know, that's where it should be. So the fact that it reorganizes all of my stuff is... Well, in, in general, I would say it was a deal-breaker, except that I already purchased it. 
Um, and it's just, it, it's annoying to me that there's no alternative, you know, like on, on media players, you got Rockbox, which can, which will respect your directory structure by default, but there's not really a choice in this matter yet, at least, so hopefully at some point we'll have a Rockbox for, for e-readers and I'll be able to correct this, this error. Okay, so next up is, you know, and if, and if the device is going to do that, they should at least have the decency to give you access to kind of an editor so that you can make your own metadata, you know? Like, that would be really, really nice. Because the last thing you want to do is load up your e-reader and get on a plane that you're going to be on for 17 hours and then discover that your entire directory structure, surprise, surprise, has been thrown out, and now you get to sort through all of the books. There is a search function, so there's that. Anyway, next, um, next, next point that I had... I guess, is that it... Well, okay, so personal... This is a personal annoyance. Um, it's, again, not something that I really had a choice about. And to be fair, it's something that they did warn me about on the title of the device. It's a Kobo N905 Touch. And yes, of course, the entire interaction of this device, your interaction with it, is a touch screen. Um Touchscreens, for me, are the most, like, it's just one of the stupidest inventions that I believe we've ever come up with as a, as a technological society. I, I understand that sometimes they are useful, but I, th- I really don't think that they're as useful as people seem to, to want to believe right now. I'm looking at this screen all the time. It's going to get dirty anyway. Is it really going to help that I'm touching it all the time, and that I have to touch it to turn pages, and that I have to touch it to zoom, and that I have to touch it to click through menus? I mean, it's just, it's so annoying. I, I know you're probably, you're probably not entirely with me on that, but you might be, and if you are, uh, then I agree with you, as you agree with me. But there, there's just, there's, in my mind, there's no excuse to make, especially such a simple device, touchscreen. I mean, they could have given me like two buttons on the front, well maybe three buttons, three buttons on the front or the side or something, and it would be really nice if there was like a button on the side where you know where your thumb or your finger would fall, so that you can click through, you know, scroll through as you as you just hold it, rather than constantly touching the screen to scroll and and everything else like that. It's just to me. That's a really stupid interface. I cannot wait for us as a society to get over this touchscreen craze. It's a horrible idea. It makes no sense. I'm I'm really not enjoying that. But again, there really was just, as far as I can recall, no alternative. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, you, you just, that's what's on the market right now. Okay, so next up is, I guess, that, um, and we're, now I'm, at this point, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm faking it. These are, are, I'm really reaching at this point. This is, these are negative points that I'm just, I'll, I'll mention because more like they're just kind of, well, this is something you should know. So first of all, it's surprisingly slow. Now that, don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it's annoyingly slow. I'm saying it's surprisingly slow. Now, I use a 10-year-old laptop as my main portable machine. So me and slow, we're on pretty good terms. Um, I mean, 
I use a Pi for a web server. It's, yeah, slow is okay by me. Um, it, it's just, it's kind of funny to get, like, a device brand new off of the, the shelf, or virtual shelf, maybe, uh, and, and, and turn it on and have to wait so long for it to, to start up. And then when you touch a button on the stupid touch screen, like, you touch it, and then you think, oh, I guess that didn't take. Oh, yes, it did. There's the menu. Like, there's, there's, there is that amount of time between your, your action and the response. So, I'm saying it's surprisingly slow, because it isn't fast, which I think is what one would expect. And I, and I'm mentioning it, I mean, it's basically, it's basically just the rhythm of the device now. But when I first opened it, when I first got it, there were several times where I would do something, and I would think, oh, it crashed. And then it would happen. And I would think, oh, it didn't crash. It was just really slow. There were several times that that happened. Now, to be fair, I was also getting... I didn't realize what it was doing in the background, and at that point... Initially, I was, um, I just loaded a bunch of books on it, and so I thought, okay, I've dragged the books over to the device, now I'll turn it on, and I should see the books on the device, right? Um, well, normally, yes, but I had just dragged, like, you know, a hundred books, and I didn't realize in the back, on the, on, in the background, it was indexing all those books. So the books were there, they were being recognized by the thing, but they weren't showing up because they hadn't been indexed and sort of parsed and processed yet. So that's something to be aware of. And that's actually, I guess, a separate, it's a slightly separate point, is that it does take a long time to index books. So if you're dumping your entire library onto this thing, and my entire library, just to give you an idea, uh, was about, let me see if I do a find on EPUBs, 374, and then a find on PDFs, 251 too many. Um, so that's, you know, that's about, that's like 500, 600 and some odd books. So I, I dumped all those onto the device and then couldn't understand why it wasn't, like why they weren't showing up, and, and I thought that there was something wrong with the little micro SD card on the side. So yeah, don't don't be too confused by the length of time that it takes to index things if you're throwing a bunch of stuff at it. That it That is to be expected. It indexes everything. It's got a pretty good little search function on here. So it's a pro and a con all sort of wrapped in one. Just be aware of it. Um, but in terms of the speed, I mean, the, 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 the thing is slow, but it's an e-ink screen. So, like, response time, you, you know, the refresh rate isn't exactly the greatest. Um, is that a problem? No, but it is something to be aware of, just so that you don't panic when when it's being slow. That's that's actually normal, and it's okay. Okay, next next slightly negative point, and once again I'm really reaching here, uh, is that there are a there is a list of rotating books on the on the home screen. So when you boot the thing up, you go to your little home screen, and it shows you the five most well, ostensibly the five most recent books, but what that ends up being is it's kind of like the five most active books, or the five most recent active books, and active is not defined by 
whether or not you sat down and read the book or whether you had just dragged it over. So like for the longest time, and I still fall into this because it's so prominently displayed, like these, this cluster of books up at the top on, on your screen, I was using that as kind of like my most, you know, those were the books that I was using. And then I would add new books to the device and suddenly all the books that I'd been in the middle of reading were gone. And, uh, and, and, and all the books that I had just, I had just put on the device were in my, in my five most recent books. And that was really annoying because that's not what I wanted. I want, I, I wanted a, a shortcut, you know, to what I have been reading, which doesn't seem really all that much to ask, honestly. Um, so I guess what you're really supposed to do in in this case is use maybe your short list which is a uh well a short list of books that you that, like they're your favorites i guess essentially um and i i honestly haven't really quite gotten what they want me to do yet in order to to kind of sort those from you know, to sort those for myself. Like, I, I don't know, I still don't understand how the short list is arranged. Because if I go to my short list, and I look at it, it lists a certain, it lists, like, you know, the first page lists the five books alphabetically. But then if I go back to my home screen, it's a different set of books on the bottom row. So I, I honestly don't know how they expect you to kind of, like, have quick access to the books that you that you are currently reading. I guess you just have to make your short list short. You, like, you get five books to mark as your sort of quick access books, and that's that's all you get. Um, so that's a little... I feel like that's clunky. So you should be aware of that. It, it, the short list is not really like a book of stuff that, oh, I should I should read that next, necessarily, or or, or I don't want to lose track of that book. It's, it's kind of like... Uh, it, well, you you had better make it the the list of books that you are currently right now reading, so that you can have quick access back to them. That would be, I guess, my advice. So it's a little bit annoying uh, that there's no way to just ask it to respect your directory structure because, yeah, finding the books that you are using on a regular basis really is a little bit tricky. Okay, next one, the the on and the off um, screen, or rather the the off and the sleep screen. So when you put this thing to sleep, um, the screen or off, the screen actually gets painted with something. So it's not like a computer monitor where you turn it off and it goes black. It's 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 different. So because it's e ink, so it stays where they paint it. So if you turn it off. It actually it does one of two things. It either paints the screen with the front cover of the book that you are currently reading, which seems fairly logical, because if you've got a book and you've put it down, frequently what you see is the cover. Um, unfortunately, sometimes the books that I'm reading are not... They, they don't have a cover, because they're like independent or whatever, and no one bothered assigning it a cover. So... Uh, or there, there are EPUB versions of a website that I want to read offline, you know, something like that. So sometimes it's just a white screen, which seems kind of weird. And the sleep mode has, I think, the same option, or 
and and in both cases you can just default to Kobo like logos and their little little books with happy faces. But the sleep mode, he's got his little eyes closed, and the off mode, like his eyes are something else, maybe closed harder or something. I don't know. It says power off, and it's a black screen. So it it is really it's fun because it looks like it's never off. You know, like even when it's off, it looks like it's on because there's something on the screen. And to most people, that reads, oh, that device is on. But that's not correct, which is cool. But it seems like if that's a f- if that's a capability, it would almost seem like it would be more useful to just give us an option to paint the screen with a current page. That way, if I'm like if I've got a list of classes and functions or stuff or or whatever I'm reading and and I want to refer to it, then why not just put the device to sleep or turn it off, and then I can just keep referring to the device because it's you know because the, the screen the the page that I was looking at is still on screen so I think that would be a really useful feature they don't have that it seems clunky not to have it so that's a negative point and the final negative point is not even a negative point about the Kobo really it is about PDF PDF is a horrible format it's great for postscript don't get me wrong I mean for preflight for your printer it's fantastic use PDF it's really really great for that for everything else it's horrible do not use PDFs. Don't use them as forms. Do not use them as ebooks. Do not use them to distribute information at all. Use them to send pages to printers. That's all you should ever use a PDF for. Um, I have unfortunately amassed 251 PDFs of ebooks because they're, they were offering no other choice. And I've tried every trick in the book. XPDF, I think it is, um, ships with something called X, or, uh, ships with PDF to TEXT or PDF to HTML, and it it grabs any kind of embedded text in the PDF and spits it out into some you know universal format. But it very frequently it just doesn't you can't even read it. It makes no sense because the the order of the text in the PDF just makes no logical sense. They they do fancy layouts and it just falls apart when you try to just dump that into a into a screen. So it's been very, very frustrating to um, to deal with PDFs. And the Kobo, bless its little heart, has tried to manage PDFs. And it does open them and it reads them, but, but just the inherent nature of PDF being fixed to a resolution size is, or, or designed for a specific um, page size, I guess is what it really is, um, just it makes reading it on an e-reader very, very difficult. So avoid that and i will i mean just any e-reader but the the kobo included you know you have to zoom in to see the text because they're assuming by default that your your presentation is eight and a half by eleven so you have to zoom in to see the text and so you see like this little quadrant of the page and you read and then you scroll and scrolling on the pd on the kobo is not super smooth uh, because they don't really expect you to have to do that. They want you to be reading like an ebook or something sensible where you just flip the page and it refreshes the entire screen all at once. Very simple. Scrolling around with a PDF with all of its fancy fonts and its horrible raster images in the background, it just does not. It really doesn't do all that well. It's highly recommended against using a PDF on this thing. I do not recommend it. 
but then again, I just don't recommend PDFs at all, so avoid them if you can. Okay, so now the pluses, the good things. This is the thing, these are the things that I love and that you will probably love about this device. So first of all, yes, it is Linux-friendly. It's it, it, it works on Linux. It, it totally works on Linux after after one hack, the initial hack, um, you're, you're, you're in the clear. You don't ever have to go to Kobo.com. You don't ever have to register. You don't have to phone home. Nothing. It's completely, it's just, it's a, you know, you plug it into your computer, you drop your books onto it, you wait a while for it to parse those books, and then you're up and running. So that's a, a, a huge thing. Very, very nice. Uh, the format support is fantastic. I I looked into other devices. I didn't do a whole lot of research, but from what I could tell, um, the format device the, the formats on other devices t- are typically very proprietary. They want you to re- read a .mobi or a .dot you know .amw or .z or something, or a .dot ibook or a .dot lit or a .dot whatever. This is .dot epub and that's an open format, so you can, if, if if some format will let you convert it, then you can convert to EPUB. It you can roll your own EPUBs. It's just it's a beautiful, beautiful format. It's great for e-book readers. It, it does word wrap and everything. It's resolution independent. It it's basically HTML in a zip container, na- renamed as EPUB. That's what an EPUB is. So. This is a this this is great for that, but it it also just reads plain text. It reads RTF. It reads I think .doc. It reads HTML. Uh, it it'll do all that stuff. It's 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 sublimely simple. Very very nice. No complaints about that whatsoever. It also does like uh, comic book archives, CBZs, CBRs. It does. Um, I think there's one more that I'm forgetting, but yeah, the 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 support is fantastic zero complaints. Okay, so next up is that um it opens in your file manager. It's it doesn't actually require any kind of external application or additional application. You can use it with Calibre. Um but you you don't have to. I do not. I do not bother. I just use it from a file manager in in KDE or Flux. Um, the cool thing about the Kobo as well, of course, is that it's an e-ink reader, as I've mentioned. Um, it's the I had I have I had seen e- e-ink devices before. I'd never really like held one and used one, and I just I love e-ink. It is amazing. I want a computer with a screen of e-ink. I want it to be slow and power PC based. I would absolutely love this device. It's just incredible. Or not PowerPC, it could be ARM. But it, anyway, it should be something power efficient. I would love that, because I think I think such a computer would be fantastic for writing, and it would last forever, battery power-wise. Uh, yeah, e-ink is amazing. I mean, you look at it, like when I first took the device out of the box, it had a, a picture on the screen, and I thought, that's probably one of those little plastic overlays that I sh- I'm supposed to remove but it wasn't it was it was just the e ink painted on screen saying something like you know kobo or something like that or read or whatever it said it was i it was so confusing and to this day i'll have a page on it and i'll look over at it and i'll just it looks like a sheet of paper it just this looks more like 
a notepad upon which you scribble rather than uh, a digital device. And that's really cool. E-Ink is amazing. I cannot sing its praises loudly enough. Related to that is the battery life. The battery life is amazing. I got this device on October 20th or 21st at, um, during the All Things Open conference. And I, up until three days ago, I had not charged it. I mean, I charged I charged it when I first got it. And, and th- then I took it on, and I used it over that conference weekend. I took it onto a plane uh, five hours from uh, South or one of the Carolinas, Raleigh, uh, to uh, Houston, and then... 17 hour, well, and then a layover there, and then 17 hours back to Australia, layover there, and then five hours back over to New Zealand, and I've used it for a month, and it just, it was, it was going strong the entire time. Battery life, amazing. Absolutely amazing. I cannot tell you how amazing the battery life is. It is amazing. Okay, next up, next positive point is that it is actually more interactive and configurable than I'd kind of expected. And I'm not saying it's really configurable, I'm just saying it's more configurable than I had expected. I guess I'd kind of thought it'll be a device, I put my books on there, it shows me the books, and that's it. But actually, I mean, there's a button on the home sc- on the on the main screen... And you can go to a store, which I've never been to. You can go to your library, which lists all your books by metadata. You can go to settings, and in settings you can set things like date and time, the language, sleep and power behavior, set up your account, I guess. I don't know, I hacked it. Um, Wireless connection, so I've never used that, but it's there. Uh, Device information, um, and extras. Extras is kind of cool. It has a Kobo sketchbook. I've never used it, but I should. Uh, it's got a Sudoku game on there. I've never used that. And it's got a web browser, which is kind of cool. Um, that just seems really neat. Now, I've not used any of those extra items, uh, but they are there, and that's kind of cool. I mean, it's you have to admit, that's kind of neat. So it's it's a little bit more, a little bit more of a tablet than I'd expected it to be. And that's that to me that's that's nice it's almost exactly the right mix because um, really all I want for once in my life is one device, one application you know the e reading application, and for it to serve one purpose, which is to open ebooks and show them to me that's usually I want my devices to do a lot more than that like that's that's often one of my problems with modern technology is that they constrain them to only do some stupid set of things arbitrarily. But this, I mean, this is an e-reader. That is what it is advertised as. It is not advertised as a tablet. It is not, it does not claim to have an, you know, like a an, an app market or anything like that. It's, it's, all it is is an e-reader, and that's all I wanted was an e-reader. So this is, in that sense, very much what I wanted. Uh, I, I very much did not want a tablet with an app infrastructure and you know, a, a store, an app store, and stuff like that. I just, I don't want that kind of distraction. I want the thing to last forever in terms of battery life. So I didn't want a, a screen, I didn't want a lit screen or anything like that. I just wanted e-ink, e-reader, device. And that's what I got. And so it's it's exactly what I wanted in that sense. It is small, it is lightweight. 
I would say that the screen size, I'm going to guess, maybe 7 inches diagonal. Might be a little bit more, might be a little less. It fits into my hand, sh certainly. I don't think I have huge hands, but they're not they're not super small either. So, but I would say, like if I grab if I grab just a, a paperback book here, uh, it's it's basically the size of a pa of a of a paperback book. It's actually smaller than this one here. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's basically any given you know sci-fi novel that you pull off of a shelf. You know, it's it's that size. Uh, I mean, thinner than that, but but that's the, sort of the dimensions, width and height of it. Um, so it's it fits into the hand pretty pretty nicely, uh, and that means that it's it's basically it can usually fit into my pocket. Not not that I would stick it in my pocket and then walk around like the city with it in my pocket. It's not quite that small, but in terms of like if you're in line waiting for something and, and then you get up to the desk and you have to use both of your hands for something, then you can you could just stick it in your pocket for a minute and do whatever you're doing, show your passport, you know, do whatever you have to do at that desk, and then and then go about your way and take it back out of your pocket. So it's it I would say it's conveniently sized. It was cheap, it was about sixty bucks on Amazon, so I have no complaints about the price. It was about the right price. I mean I wouldn't have minded if it was cheaper, uh but it I mean it was under a hundred dollars and it feels like it. I mean it in terms of like the performance, like I said, it was a bit slow. It's it's really no frills, but it's very very functional. So I I feel like sixty bucks was it seemed pretty logical to me. And then finally, uh, it's got an expansion port on the side. So this has an internal uh, storage capacity of one gigabyte, and then you can expand that up to thirty two gigs with a mini or a, a micro SD card. And I did that because I figured well. I might as well just max it out right now so that I don't ever have to think about this device again. Uh, and so that's kind of what I did. I put a 32 micro SD card in there, and amazingly, with only 374 EPUBs and 251 PDFs, I'm really only up to about maybe 3 gigs tops, and most of those are the PDFs, to be honest. Um, it, it's just not... It, it is nowhere near as bulky... Uh, like it's it's yeah 32 gigs is a lot for for books really especially if you just stick with the epubs um i mean i guess it depends on what you put inside the epub i mean you could put just a bunch of big png images on each page but i mean in general you know if you're reading text it's not you don't actually need a whole lot of space so uh that is the kobo in 905 touch Hopefully this has been informative. Again, overall, I would recommend it. I would simply warn you that you will have to do a little tiny hack to register, but from there, it's it's pretty much invisible in terms of your use with Linux. You just you just use it. It lasts forever. It's 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 exactly what I certainly ever wanted. So that's the Kobo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
Hekka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.